Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Loga the Barbarian, joined by my co-hosts, Light and John. Hey, what's happening, guys? Hello, hello. Hey, there, what's happening? What's up? Uh, blogs. We're looking at blogs again today. That's what's happening. <laughs> there were a lot of blogs I looked for. I'm going and taking notes and writing down all the names <laughs> and stuff. I was like, there's a lot of activity going on out there. Well, I've been trying to get updated on my RSS feed to keep track of things since we've been doing this. And uh, I'm going to point out a, a blog here real quick to start with bastionland.com and if you're familiar with electric bastion land and into the odd is the is the feller who does those they've been posting something really cool there's a there's a new it's chris mcdowell's his name and uh what he has here is a new game that he's posting about called blighters it appears to be more of a sci-fi leaning game kind of i don't want to say um mothership but kind of with this looking at the classes and stuff it has that type of element to it that type of alien sci-fi thing going on a role-playing game by chris mcdowell bastion land press you go to bastionland.com this is actually well as we're recording in the 16th it's actually posted this morning the 16th and when you click the link there that's provided it takes you to a google doc with the pdf of a sample or rough draft of the game you can check out so if you want to play it and give it a whack it's right there i'm really excited it's got cool stuff like you are part of an industrial union fiercely protecting a common interest and community and and as a wobbly i'm a fan of this i like it so if you're interested in what chris mcdowell has done in the past uh and what you may be doing in the future and checking this game out if you like electric bastion land and you would like to see that in a, a science fiction type form uh, i believe the setting itself may be sci-fi but the uh the game system the core system it says in another post is in essence a stripped bla- a stripped back blades in the dark it is simple enough to use in play and generate some interesting moments without intruding on play so that's a good one to check out. And that's the one I kind of wanted to start with is that Bastion Land post there. The Blighters, it's called. A role-playing game by, by Chris McDowell, Bastion Land Press. So if you get a chance, check it out. It looks neat. I haven't had a chance to play it or go through the document excessively. It was posted this morning, but just browsing through it, it looks like a neat little game. So what else do we have today to look at blog-wise? Have you all found anything fun? Uh, lots. There's lots. <laughs> <laughs> There's no never-ending. I think the next one that we have on the list was uh, uh, Save versus Dragon. Yep. The uh, Pan- Pantheon worksheet. Role-playing <laughs> rants, raves, and rules from Richard J. LeBlanc, Jr. New Big Dragon Games. What is the Pantheon worksheet? It looks like he went through and created a just a, a template, I guess, of uh, stock gods from TV Tropes, from the TV Tropes website. So the, the worksheet itself is, a, is downloadable as a PDF, and it just basically has um, the type of god uh ruler god god of good god of order god of evil so forth all the way down and then you can fill out the name their sex the alignment and uh additional spheres or domains so it's kind of a quick i guess 
guide to well, guide to cre- creating your own little mythology. Yeah, your own mythology kind of touches all the bases of your standard um, pantheon. So your pantheon of the gods and goddesses. Mm-hmm. And that's save versus dragon.blogspot.com. We'll have a link in the show notes to that. Yep. And overall, his posts look to be pretty interesting, averaging probably about, you know, two posts a month this past, past calendar year. What do we have next on the list today? We're going to go to the uh, quality reusable traps. Yep. This is so this is one of a blog I'm familiar with. I've been reading and following. And they've also been reading, reading and following some other blogs that we've been looking at, too. And the blog is Lapidary Ossuary. Ossuary, yep. Ossuary, Lapidary Ossuary. My name is Lyndon. I create OSR and DIY D&D adventures and rule systems. I love the far future, the deep past, pink crystals and bone swords. So lapidaryossuary.blogspot.com quality reusable traps. The idea of this was being able to come up with traps that can be used over and over again, just reskinned. And there's a little D6 chart there. And then they go on to reflavor the D6 chart. One of the ones they focus on is one brought up at Prismatic Wasteland. The Prismatic Wasteland blog, I'm not sure if we have another one on here from them. I believe we do. I thought we did, but this is a pretty good one. I, I like this blog so far. And the one that they got from there is this underwater sword that's covered in glue, like a sticky substance that won't, is not water soluble. And so you you go out and you try to get the door and you're, you know, the, the sword out and it'll you know, keep you down at the bottom of the, of the pond or whatever. And it gives a few other examples like that besides the glue sword pond. And then after the six that it gives you, it, it kind of shows you how to reskin them. So it takes the glue sword pond and turns it into the golden necklace in a bath. Takes the double pit trap and turns it into the double glacier crevice. It has an acid nozzle lever that becomes a flamethrower button and so on and so forth. So if you want to look at some ideas for traps that can be easy to reskin, and get some ideas just for reskinning with traps to make them something fresh and new. That's a good blog post to check out. I do like to ask a nozzle lever because I think uh, our Hyperborea party ended up pulling <laughs> that lever in one of the adventures. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you put a you put a lever there. What what are we supposed to do? Come on. Well, no, there, 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 there were like four levers. You guys just uh... <laughs> <laughs> pull it. Pull it. Yeah, and his his uh, suggestion was just having the one and showing that um, things in the room had obvious acid damage to them. <laughs> and and uh, still the player characters will most likely go ahead and pull it. Well, oh, yeah, of course. Why wouldn't you? All right. Next on the list, we got anybody want to do the next one or you want me to go for it? Uh, I could talk about it. The ruffian. Uh, is that where we're at here? Yes. It's, on, it's another one I believe we talked about this one last show, uh, ashzealot.wordpress.com. And they had a different class there, I believe, last time. Yeah. And uh, so this is a rowdy brawler class for BX or OSE. And uh, it's pretty good. It's a pretty simple kind of just brawler class. Um, 
for BX talks, you know, it just gives the basic rundown of, of the class, um, the combat, uh, they can use any weapon, but they prefer to fight, you know, unarmed or with blunt weapons. Intimidation, they, they use dirty fighting. It's uh, basically a thief's backstab. Yeah, it's it uh, takes a few. I think it's cool because it does take just a few little uh, things you're used to in other class and reskins them like that. So instead of backstab, it's dirty fighting. And then it gives you the intimidation ability. I yeah. like it. And role play with that would be great because, uh, you know, you the player character describes how they're fighting dirty, you know, picking up some dirt and throwing it in their eyes or you know, <laughs> whatever, however they want to kind of describe it. They have pickpockets and then there's a level progression chart. It's, it's, uh, it's a really neat class. I like it. We got at least one other class on this list today. I want to try to get to that. I have time for it. Yep. No, but what, what I like about this one is, you know, he also had the uh, faculty numbers for all the levels as well, too. So I was like a very yeah. classic feel for that. Yeah, all the charts are there to run it. Yep. And it looks like uh, this, the Ashdella is based in Brazil, a fellow leftist. So, you know, gets five stars for me. <laughs> that is good. That is good. I am a fan. Yeah, he had the, uh, yeah, last week he had the, uh, what was, what did he have last week? Was it the Horned Folk? Oh, the yeah. Horn, that, the Horned Folk. Yeah. Yeah, that was fantastic. So, yeah, I, I really am like, and this is shooting up to one of my favorite blogs for sure. Are we going to encounter the horn folk here in your OSC campaign? Well, probably not, but I will use them in the future for sure. I love them. So, yeah. anybody want to take the next one? Tabletop Curiosity Cabinet.blogspot.com. They have been doing a dice sember thing, dice sember tables. Yep. And uh, we got 1D6 pieces of weird ammo, dragon arrows, stinking pebbles, melting boulders, whispering bolt, goes on. And then they got some encounters, D6 ice encounters, and then they have D6 children NPCs, and they got quite a few different little D6 um charts like that to add some flavor or interesting stuff to your game yeah and i assume yeah you've got the first eight here on this blog post i assume the other ones will be coming i'll note that uh i guess we're not super worried about balance but the uh the melting boulder seems yeah (laughs) catastrophic uh it's basically a rock as soon as it's shot from a catapult it turns into a liquid anything it hits while in motion also turns into liquid so i'm thinking what what would stop you from just making a you know baseball sized slingshot <laughs> projectile and <laughs> throwing it at somebody and turning everybody into goo <clears throat> so. well they also got like uh, star bullets or little meteorites that will blow up and create massive craters so yeah you know put, put down a slingshot well guess what <laughs> But the child NPCs I find interesting, so I'll probably be stealing some of those for one of our forthcoming adventures that we'll be doing here um, in January. You, yeah, <laughs> gonna have some fun. Um, the next one I'm looking at was methods. Oh, wait, was that? Yeah, so that that for that one was tabletop curiosity cabinet.blogspot.com. The next one I just wanted to bring a quick attention to is method methods 
and madness. Methods and madness. Method set madness. Methods Ma- and madness. Methods and madness. So the spelled where on the URL from the actual what's written there. So I'll make sure the links in there is M E T H O D S E T M A D N E S S. So there's a set in there. And they just did a quick, uh, uh, just real quick, they did a nice little uh, review about of the game Into the Unknown, which is one I've eyeballed but haven't picked up. It's a five. It's a five E. Five E based OSR kind of like I guess OSR leaning old school style approach to fifth edition. Yeah, it looks like they. Well, here he describes that they took five E and boiled it down to the original pamphlets, um, the OD D and D pamphlets. Yeah, so if simpler five E is something that sounds appealing to you, it'd probably be a good thing to check out. Yeah, I've added onto my list because uh, I'm curious on what they've kept the same from the original 5e and what they've tried to bring in OSR elements for. So I'm always curious to see how they're trying to blend the two a little bit together. And it is available on DriveThruRPG. The next one on the list, I am really getting into this blog and we've already mentioned it because it was linked to a previous one, is the Prismatic Wasteland. This is a nice little article here, a nice little uh Opinion piece, we'll say. And the title is Apolitical RPGs Do Not Exist. I think this is a brilliant little bit of writing, and they have said some things that I and articulated them in what better ways than I have ever been able to. So hopefully they've added to my vocabulary new ways to approach this. All games are political. If you aren't already sitting behind me, nodding your head and draped in choir robes, perhaps it would be helpful to define my terms. Politics is a broad category. Only an instiller mind would think that the the contestants between or within political parties and democracies in the outer limit of the political compass. Politics describes any set of activities of a group or groups to determine the distribution of power and resources within society. It is not simply rules by which society operates, but also rules which those rules are created and maintained. The shortest definition of politics is who gets what, when, and how. But what is a game? A helpful illustrated comes from post, post to another this blog, uh, to another blog I've been enjoying, uh, Marsha's blog, and that is uh, chiquitafajita.blogspot.com. And they have they have some really good stuff over there. I was hoping to get one of their um, posts into this week, but I really haven't except for that link. Uh, and it goes on to talk about things like Hungry Hippos and other games and um, Don't Wake Daddy as being an anti-authoritarian game. The fictional premise of Don't Wake Daddy board game is that the players are children that desire a midnight snack but must not wake their father for reasons unknown, sleeps in the middle of the house between the children's bedroom and refrigerator. The guard of the food. The game centers around achieving the desired food without being caught by daddy, our authority figure. And they kind of go into some simpler games and point out some of the political elements in it and the ideas behind them and kind of how impossible it is to create a game that is apolitical. Now, I like his writing. Um, I like the points that he brings up, and I've taken a peek at some of his other articles, and it's really well thought out, well written, easy to read. Um, so this is one I'll probably be checking back in on as well, too. And he has another blog post around the basic 
setup and gaming for OSR games. And I found that one to be very informative and interesting as well, too. Yeah, the one we chose is not the newest one, actually. The one I just reviewed there. It was one of the ones I thought was most interesting. The newest one is New Kid on the Block, on the blog CK, My Path to the OSR. Where it talks about uh, being new to blogging within the last year since COVID and, and stuff like that. So good little blog, Prismatic Wasteland. We'll have the posts, we'll have the links for that. Psionics Revision. Elf Maids and Octopi. Now, this, this blog I've been paying attention to, to for a quite a few years, longer than a lot of the other ones. I've been, I've been, this one's been popping up on my radar. And what they're doing here is uh, they're making and kind of expanding by blog post, different level by level, and, and kind of making additions and changes as they go to a revised psionic system to use in your i'm guessing your bx or your old school games or whatever you want to add this to anybody uh, have any thoughts on what they've been doing with this uh yeah ne never really played with or considered playing with psionics so no <laughs> not i mean all. yeah for me if i was going to use psionics i'd be using it as a separate standalone game versus as part of a DD &D game so for me if i was going to use this i'd build it into its own full psionic universe game versus as an add-on they've they've created a class on here with that they have all kinds of various well each post seems to have various spells for various levels and i think the highest level right now is seven it looks like yep so these are level six and seven is the more recent december 9th and then if you scroll through there the, the one complaint i have about this blog is it's hard to it's hard to navigate to get to the earlier ones. You can see the bottom where there's posted on the on the sides, but there isn't really a good structured way to get back to the level one and the earlier posts on the psionics. But it's there if you do your digging, and uh, it's worth checking out. Um, it should be a, you should be able to scroll through all of his uh, posts on the left hand side. So it, psionics revision starts at level zero. It looks like back in November. All right, moving to the next one. Anybody want to take that? Is that Axian Spice? Yes, sir. Yeah, so th this is a, he posted uh, a D10 table of civilizations in fairy areas. And I believe all these, uh, this is a series of blog posts where he just pulls um, straight out of his Land of Legends zines. And uh, the blog is at axianspice.blogspot.com. He's posting some new stuff here. Now, Giuseppe's been on this show before. It's been, a, it's been a couple months. And he's posting a lot of new stuff here that on the blog that you can use without having to uh, pick up. But I know he's got the Land of Legends zines. So, so if you like what you see here, each one of those Lands of Legends zines has a new type of, I think, one sort of new type of theme. Like there's the, the Fae book that just focuses on fairy stuff. And it's lots of, it's not as much, um, it's random encounters with flavor to kind of give you something a little different to your game itself. And they're really good. Well done. I, I'm a fan. They definitely make it a little more interesting and a little bit out of the, out of the, out of the ordinary, give you some, some more uh, creative stuff to do with your game. Yeah. I'm a big fan of uh, Giuseppe's, you know, writings and what he's been putting out. I mean, the material looks really good, easy to use very straight straightforward so you know i'm very excited about seeing what he has coming out next 
Yeah, and he's uh, super active in the OSR community for sure. Yep. And he's got got a few little adventures that he's posted on the Axion Spice blog that you can check out. So there's a few adventures that are newer. Um, one is Mysteriously Missing and Merrily Met. So that one is a, like a supplement, so I'll probably be picking up that one. Yeah, those are he's a series of pamphlets he's doing that are actually more random tables. Right. Or and the wonder wondrous weavings is uh I guess an update to the magic class system, magic user class, an optional update for BX or OSE. Now the next one on our list is another person who has also been here before. Um, who I'm a fan of what they've been doing. And that is Pekril Press. And this week, Pekril has a our next uh, brand new BX OSE uh, class to check out. I thought it was an interesting class. I think it was originally penned as a, a pacifist who hunts and kills or something along those lines, but it's a it's a wonderist. So what is a wonderist? Oh boy. <laughs> Just well, they're saying, word for word. well, they're saying a wondrous. So you got terrorists, which is for scaring people through acts of violence and such. While wondrous is trying to spread joy and happiness, happiness by doing, you know, random acts of kindness and love and silliness. So for me, I think the wondrous is a very creative class that is very positive and optimistic and probably helps balance some of our, you know, dirty murder hobo type of games that we have out there. <laughs> so for me, I think this is a, a wonderful class uh, to create because it brings really happiness and joy and positivity to some of the darkness that we have well in the real world and in our game. Yeah, and Pekril, I, I can't, I, I really appreciate what he's, uh, Dan Sumption is his name and he's he's been doing some really great stuff. I'm I'm really excited. He's got a very unique perspective. I mean, it's the mind that the wondrous character class came from, if that gives you an idea. So the stuff that he makes isn't I haven't seen anything too combat heavy. Um, and, and I think that's interesting because it adds extra layers outside of combat to the game with the stuff that he's been putting out. So I think that's really neat. And he adds a, a good element that's very needed to the OSR and to the games. Yep. And it looks like he's involved in some of the zine quest stuff, trying to put out zines and such as well, too. So, yeah, I just backed his, uh, he was a part of side quest here recently, and I backed his zine that he just uh, wrapped up there. So, that's, I'm excited for that. That's the mostly harmless encounters zine. I'm looking forward to come out. Yeah. That one, that one should be pretty, pretty fun. Faction play with tables and goblin bazaar. Paperspencils.com. This one, I read through some of the articles. It's a little bit too stream of consciousness for me. It essentially the article talks about the Goblin Bazaar. It's kind of a recap of what they were doing in their game, but they have some ideas here you could be able to play around with. The concept that they're talking about with supporting faction play with treasure tables is kind of adding elements of as i understood this they were object of social significance they were adding so kind of trying to flesh out the cultures of the goblins and other creatures and things around with the treasures and things that they're running into and specifically it links to the goblin bazaar i guess they were 
they were playing in a goblin bazaar and, and shopping around with cracked ceramics, soiled mattresses, jars of animal bits, rotted produce, and so on and so forth. So it kind of on the on the goblin bazaar page that it links you to, it kind of gives you a l- random tables of bizarre different items you can use to do that. And then we have Vancey and Magic. Yeah, so I saw this one. Uh, I believe we have a split on uh, our love for Vancey and Magic <laughs> in, in that group, but I'm a big fan of it. it it's, you have to have some type of system that limits the power of a Magic user. And uh, yeah, I kind of, uh, this is the original system and you know, it's always worked for me. He just thought about uh, this. The uh, the blog is brianhouse.blogspot.com. And the author recently read Jack Vance's Dying Earth. And he had some thoughts on the Vancean magic system. Uh, what he did was, it's interesting. I'd like to try it out. He added something Uh, name pending he says it's called brain slots and basically you get a brain slot at each level you get one at first level plus your intelligence modifier so this we could could give you up to what is the the modifier for intelligence Uh, if you had a plus two in your intelligence you would have a total of three it will allow you to basically cast up the third level spell one third level spell at first level um, and memorize, you know, memorize that. But to do that, you, you know, you could do that, or you could have three first level spells memorized. It's just a little different system that, uh, you know, could give a uh, highly intelligent magic user a little, you know, more. Um, yeah, a little more oomph. At yeah, first oomph. Level. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> it's a very so, technical term. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think that. It's an interesting concept because, you know, again, it gives the uh, earlier level magic users to be able to cast a little bit more powerful. But then I would be curious to see how a, let's say, a fourth or fifth level magic user would play out. Because at that point, they tend to be pretty, pretty powerful um, from a spellcasting standpoint. So, yes, I don't know. I haven't followed it enough to know if the, I doubt that the intelligent modifier goes beyond first level um like per level yeah uh, i would, guess that depends on how you want to do it too it's just yeah. kind of a hack home that rule could be that pretty extreme use. i'm looking for some cool house rules for magic now i'm gonna be 100 honest i think this is a cool i think this is a cool one but i, I i'm gonna note what i was saying like like last night during after game to everyone i attempted to read well, i did read dying earth over covid I have no idea what happened in that book. It confused me. It was strange. <laughs> it was out there, but I do like the Vancey and magic system. <laughs> the dying earth, Jack Vance, very unique and strange. I'll say that I had no clue half the time what was happening and moved the next chapter. Like what is, what's going on here? And yeah, I was, I found it a little bit confusing. Um, and, and I think that might just be from the strangers. Like people were getting shrunk down and chased by like in circles. I, 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 yeah, I was lost. I'm sorry, everybody for blaspheming the great Jack Vance, but lost, but I think the brain slots is that's the, the, the final, it says nay pending. 
That's a great little idea. I think it'll work well in game. I'd like to give it a whack sometime. I don't have a problem with trying it out. They also have a few other things in there about hex crawls on the blog as well. One of them we almost pulled out for an article this week, but I think that we decided to focus on the 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 alternative Vancey and magic system instead. Yeah. So again, I'd be curious to see how this uh, plays out, um, especially as it gets up to the uh, higher levels. But conceptually, I think I like it just because it helps some of the first level magic users to keep in the game. Yeah, lots of great ideas on blogs this week that you can uh, add to your game, bring some house rules in or things you can try or, or just things to spice it up. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, you can follow us on Facebook. Just search Wobblies and Wizards. We post there pretty often. You can interact with us there. We'll try to respond if you do. Wobbliesandwizards.com is our blog. You can follow me on Twitter at LogarHailChrome and keep those dice rolling. Keep reading those blogs. Let us know if you guys have any interesting ones you want to send them to us to look at. Bye-bye. Yeah, yeah if, if, uh, I'll append that. Everybody listening, if you got a blog post or a blog you want us to take a look at, give us a get, just shoot it to us somehow through one of our media out there. <laughs> Facebook works, wherever. And uh, or Twitter, and we'll we'll take a look at it. And I'm not promising we'll review everyone or talk about everyone, but the ones we can get to, we'll try to.